she was wholly unaffected by the screaming going on for Jillian Hoffman's fault score. Like she just didn't hear that. And I was like, thank you, queen. So that was pretty cool. With these gainer foals off the side, some athletes aren't getting a good lift off the beam. But I thought Miley shows exactly how they should be done. Clap that. She's clapping for Miley's 10 before taking the floor. And we have Dan, a good sports woman. I think you had the right idea. This was a meet to just ignore the numbers, enjoy the gymnastics. There was so much great gymnastics from both teams. My absolute favorite part of all of the routine is watching Janelle like freak out with joy mid-routine whenever they hit a handstand. Just so refreshing to see that joy mid-routine and not just when they stick the landing. Double back with Kenty Mac. Welcome to season two of Double Back with Kenty Mac. Each week, I'll watch a meet and discuss it with a friend. This week, please welcome my friend, Carla. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course, anytime. (laughs) (laughs) We met a few years ago as part of the New York City Gym Nerds when we first tried to go see the Mag Seffa musical. I think that's the first time we met. I think so. Yeah, like three or four years now. It's wild. My kids were still like itty bitty when we met and now they're like big and have full-on personalities so yeah that's at least how i measure everything doing fantasy with you was the first time that i ever did fantasy gymnastics with anyone so i feel like you have been there my entire time i've actually cared about nca gymnastics (laughs) oh that's great to hear you did really well in fantasy that season I'm a, st- I'm a, like a math nerd. So I did a lot of like running the numbers every week and was like, I had a whole extra Excel sheet that was doing. So I, I wasn't like randomly picking based on emotions who went in. I appreciated that we are doing, we're getting to talk about Utah UCLA because I don't get to watch Utah very often. Like they're so rarely on a channel that I have access to. If I could get, if we could get Pac-10, we would pay for it. But we can't even do that here in New York. So without like a totally separate like fling subscription or something, I never really get to see them. And somehow I've seen UCLA a couple more times, but I was really excited because for me, like most of the, I know the names because obviously we do fantasy, but I hadn't actually really gotten to watch the routines before. And so this like made me sit down and focus on the routines. And I was like, wow, like Utah can do bars apparently. I was like, who knew if they're great. So that just made the whole meet more exciting for me. They're not only for beam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a couple of times I was like, whoa, they're really good at this. Huh. Amazing. And you'd think they're like, you know, they're always in the top four in the country anyway. So like inherently I know they're good, but to really watch them and like with a critical eye, I was, I was really excited and pleasantly surprised at how great they were. Yeah, it was a great Pac-12 matchup. Number four, number five on ESPN. I wondered if it was supposed to be Kathy and Bart. We got Kathy and Courtney, Courtney Lyle, Kathy and Courtney. So I thought maybe Bart's sitting this one out or maybe Bart's under the weather this week. Maybe. Yeah. I noticed it was two women and I wasn't upset by it, but I did think it was interesting that we, it wasn't the normal Kathy and Bart set up, but I thought they were fine. Yeah. I thought they did a great job. There seemed to be a few, just like at the beginning of this call, There seemed to be a few technical issues at the beginning of the broadcast where maybe Kathy thought they were going to toss to a package and she was kind of looking for her notes. And then I think the first time they tossed to Sam on the floor, she was having a little bit of a delay too. So it seemed like it took them a rotation to get into the meet. It happened. 
It totally happened. It was until 9, 16 p.m. last night that I could actually sit down and watch a routine because my kids were plotting against me. And so I felt like maybe we're all kind of struggling that first rotation until I could sit down. I thought both leotards by the teams last night were fantastic. I thought the Utah one was super elegant. And while I loved the one that UCLA had last year for their rainbow meet, I also thought this was really pretty. And sometimes teams go like a little too much stuff all over Oklahoma and looking at you. But I thought this UCLA one was like really classy and elegant and just like beautiful. I thought it looked great on everyone. So I was really excited. I was most looking forward, of course, to the third rotation because that's when Utah was going to go to beam and UCLA was going to go to floor. <laughs> but before we get there, let's just jump right into the first rotation. So Utah started on vault. They still have a Yurchenko full in that first position from Jalen Gilstrap with five 10 volts after that. Well, I was excited because Jalen Gilstrap is on my fantasy team and I picked her up for vault and I never actually got to see her vault before. So I thought it was a really pretty full. It wasn't stuck, but in terms of all the folds that we saw yesterday, I thought that was one of the prettiest and like closer to being stuck. So I thought that was great. I thought Grace's one and a half in the air was was really pretty. She had a little too much power, so she didn't quite stick it, a small bounce forward. And then I had Jillian Hoffman on a fantasy team a couple of years ago and ended up having to drop her because she got injured and couldn't finish the season. That one and a half was gorgeous. And I, in my notes, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if someone threw up a 10 for that. I thought that was like really stellar. Yeah. I just so exciting that she, she stuck it last week. She came back this week and stuck it again. She gets so much distance on that vault. She almost goes to the very end of the mat. It reminds mm-hmm. me of Reagan Corbill from LSU a few seasons back who would vault all the way to the end of the mat. It's really impressive to see. She doesn't get as much height as some of the other athletes, but I agree with you. Grace and Jillian were two amazing vaults to wrap up that rotation. Jaden Rooker looked like she was going for it. She had a big, huge open Yurchenko full and a half, but couldn't quite find the landing, had that hop to the side. But yeah, a really impressive vault rotation. They finished the first rotation with 39.375 to trail UCLA by just a tiny bit. UCLA started on bars, of course. I was happy to see Kaliani get the call to start the rotation. I think she's got beautiful bars. And they mentioned that Shay Campbell was out with the family emergency. I'm not sure. I haven't seen what's going on with that, but sending all the love and support to Shay and her family and hope they're all doing well. We certainly missed her at this meet. For sure. Yeah, I thought she had great line. It was a little short of rotation on that double layout. But I was excited, not just for her, but, you know, throughout the meet, you got to see some people that we haven't really seen in the lineup yet this season. And I thought that was great that, you know, always unfortunate we're not going to have Shay. Selfishly, we want to see her and we, we hope that everything is okay with her family. And it was kind of great to see other people get the top to go up. Anna Pedrario went second. And besides her gorgeous line and her stuck dismount, my absolute favorite part of her routine and then like all of the routine is watching Janelle like, freak out with joy mid-routine whenever they hit a handstand like that joy is so sincere you can see like she's not doing it as a performative thing for the camera like she's really excited and we also know that she was the bar coach from Cal when she was there so you know she's the one working with her team on that but it's just so refreshing to see like that joy mid-routine and not just when they like stick the landing so I thought that was really a neat thing to see 
Yeah, I agree that I had that in my notes too. Janelle is jumping. <laughs> that was like one of the highlights of Anna Potterariu's routine. Selena yeah. Harris, I thought was another big highlight of this one. She starts on the high bar and does that huge ray. I'm so impressed with how great she is and how casually she seems to approach everything. She doesn't seem like she is mm -hmm. nervous or gets overly excited. She just goes right about her thing, hits those handstands, giant full into a double layout, which is super impressive to smell. Yeah. Duck it. I thought I, she I was a big bolt of energy right there in the fifth spot. A hundred percent. She does not perform like a freshman. I was afraid for a second she'd go over on a handstand because she was so tight there. And then that full pirouette before the dismount is just so good. And then Jordan went after that. And you got to love two single bar releases and the gorgeous handstand. And I was bummed she didn't stick the dismount. And so then she got a 995 and she's on my fantasy team. And I had a little eyebrow raise. I was like, there was definitely a, st a step on that dismount. Like, I'm not going to complain because thank you so much for my score. But also, was like, are the judges and I watching the same routine? Because I have questions. I'm going to say that was a theme throughout this meet. And I agree with you, whether it's someone I was cheering yes. for or someone I had on my fantasy team. At first, I started making notes about, I think this one was wrong and I think this one was wrong. And I'm not sure it's helpful maybe to tease apart too many of these scores because in general, the bunching is the problem. There are too many high yeah. scores. They're all bunched together right at the top. It's very difficult to separate someone who, like you said, Jordan goes above and beyond those four high-flying releasing moves. If we had started a little bit more conservatively, you could really reward someone like Jordan and still take on the dismount for what she brings to the table. And similarly, when we get to UCLA's floor, I thought that there were some artistic performances that weren't able to be properly separated because the scores had just sort of gotten bunched too high at that point. But I agree with you. It started early in this meet. Yeah, as a, as a whole, I didn't really record scores because I, I had no control over what the judges did. Like we can all agree there was some wacky scoring at this meet and plenty of other meets yesterday. And we know that that's just what's going to happen. So the performances themselves were cool. I thought it was neat seeing Mars in that last position on Mars. She was a little short and some handstands. She had a little bounce back on the dick mount, but she was wholly unaffected by the screaming going on for Jillian Hoffman's ball score. Like she just didn't hear that. And I was like, thank you, queen. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> exactly. I think they take air to figure out who is going to be in that position when Suni gets the 10 or who's going to be in that position to go up when Jordan gets her 10. You know, it that mm -hmm. fifth and sixth spot has to be someone with focus and nerves of steel. Before we move away from UCLA bars, I think it was also the first lineup time for Maddie Anyemi. Maybe she also got into this lineup because Ashe was away for the week. Her bars look great. She had a few issues, but she does those straight body casts and a big Pike mm -hmm. Jaeger, nice full in mm -hmm. dismount. This one was a little bit short with a little step, but a beautiful bars routine. And I look forward to seeing if she gets more chances to really grow into that. That's going to be an excellent routine as well. I agree. She's actually on my fantasy team and she's still tall for a gymnast, which is read normal human height. So I think her handstands look super pretty. But also, you're going to notice a little bit more if she's short and vertical when she goes up. 
but also you have to love a walk-on that's throwing a single bar relief and a full and dismount on bars. Like that, that's pretty awesome. I think you're correct that this is the first time I remember seeing her in the lineup this year. And I, she can only get better. Like she has some great skills. So as she gets some more experience and more opportunities, I think that's going to be great. Like what, what a get for UCLA to walk on. Yeah. And it's just so joyful in general this season to see UCLA living up to the talent that they have and the potential that they have. They really put up a good fight against Utah for the first several rotations of this meet. By my tally, so Utah had the five 10 start values and one stick on their vault from that amazing anchor, Jillian Hoffman. UCLA got one stick on their bars. And like you said, they had three athletes with single bar releases. So I thought that was really terrific to see. Just in terms of moving toward the postseason, I think UCLA is going to want to hone in on the sticks a little bit more. And that's, of course, the last thing that's going to help them round the corner. So moving into rotation two, UCLA went over to the vault. They started hyping that there were three different 10-0 vaults at the end of the lineup. And I thought, oh, who's going in and shake? So it was Clara Wren. I don't think I've seen Clara Wren before. Seen her in the background and the dance party and cheering. This was our first time to see her vault. They put her in the sixth spot and she does the front pike half. It looked a little out of control, like a first vault in the lineup, a big step to the side. I kind of thought it was maybe that Hail Mary pass. Like if we get five, we're going to let Clara go for it. Didn't really pay off this time, but hopefully with some more experience in the lineup, that will turn into a solid vault for them as well. Yeah, she had some great power. She was a little out of control. Her chest was a little down, but good for UCLA giving the freshmen some experience in the tough road meet because they need to know how that feels. You never know when someone's going to go down. So yeah, I really had this pause. I was like, who is that? I don't think I've seen her before. So good for her. As a whole, what stood out to me is that like the first three gymnasts, so big Mars, Maddie, and Emily Lee, all did big holes had great power, but none of them stuck it. And in terms of postseason, like if you're going to do a full, you need to stick it or be real close to sticking it. And all three of them have some really big bounce back. So like, I think they have three, nine, seven, five, nine, seven, seven, five at that point. And that's just, that's just giving it away. I don't care how great you are in bars. If you give the whole meat away on vault, that's concerning. What I did love, you know, Selena Harris came back with her one and a half, super high, Finally, more of a nine seven seven five on fault. We're moving in the right direction. And then <laughs> Jordan, Jordan's beautiful double chipping your chinko. It was stuck. When it happened, I kind of looked at my husband. And I said, if they don't give her a ten, it's because she had this teeny lifting of her heel at the back, which probably isn't going to be a ten. But that's also no one else is doing a double twisting your chinko. Is anyone else in NCAA throwing a double right now? Maybe Jade sometimes. Maybe. So I said, if this is home or an SEC venue that would have been a 10. It was, it was gorgeous. And just to throw in, because we didn't see it on the broadcast, of course, with Alabama Auburn, but Shallon did throw her double twist last night before they cut to the broadcast. So that's, <laughs> that, that's why I didn't see it. Okay. One, we didn't really get to see. She's been doing a full so far this season, but she threw the double last night. But I totally agree with you. With Jordan, it's like, is the block going to be there or not? Because sometimes she gets a little bit less power on her block and ends up a little forward. This was the great one. You know, she got that terrific block, flew in the air, totally nailed it. Nine, nine, seven, five. So one of the judges saw that foot that you saw. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, I thought Selena and Jordan were the two big standouts here. My note with Selena, huge open four and a half, just another tiny little scoot forward to control the landing. I thought that was equivalent to Grace's. And Grace got a 9.9 and Selena got a 9.875. So just shows that there's a little bit of benefit being the home team in front of 15,000 fans. Yeah. Yeah, which is why I kind of stopped paying attention to the scores. I was like, I'm not going to agree with them. And I don't want to take away from, from the actual gymnastics being done. So, yeah, some score advantage. But this was also the rotation that we got to see Utah on bars. And apparently Utah is kind of good at bars. So this was really fun for me to see. Like Utah starting off with Amelie Morgan, got a lovable hard watch in NCAA. Mm. Like that's just beautiful. Like starting rotation right off the bat. And then her cast to handstand half was so straight. I don't usually get to watch Utah. So when I saw her do the toe on dip mount, I honestly thought she was doing and making a mistake. I was like, wait, what's going on? So that was kind of neat to see something different. Yeah, she does the toe pike front half. This one was a little overpowered and she did a hop back. But yeah, it's really interesting to see a different dismount. And the commentators, I believe, mentioned we're going to start seeing more of this dismount. So I think with the, you know, the reduction and the, increase in certain dismount values. Maybe this is one that we're going to see. Of course, there's Amari Celestine from Missouri does it out of a Stalder hike front half, which is also really unusual to see. But yeah, Amelie's looked great. And like you said, that Maloney into the Bahardwaj, if you're not going to have a single bar release, it's pretty impressive to have an E release like that and one that very few people are doing. Yeah, I totally agree. Miley O'Keefe had an outstanding day all around, but her bars, I thought, were especially impressive. Everything was very pretty. Handstands were all right on top. And then that Arabian double, she goes so high. She does straddle, but she points her toes the whole time and absolutely stuck it. I thought she was giving a little shoulder waver, like maybe she was going to not stick. But no, she had other ideas. She was not moving on that one. Wow, what a pretty routine. And I adore that, that double front half out the stick. Like, mm. that was so pretty. So pretty. It was, I was almost surprised from a strategy standpoint, having her fourth, just because, like, how do you top that? But it's just such a technically beautiful routine. But then Crystal following up, I'm such a sucker for a single bar release. And I love her right. And that was great, like, double layout body position. So... It, it it was interesting because they almost seem like very different types of routines, but they're so good. Crystal's more of a like fast, quick twitch yeah. athlete. Sometimes some of her handstands can get a little bit squirrely when I've seen her in the past. This one, especially like the bail, but this one, I thought everything was right on top. A really ideal giant full edge double layout. But I agree that there's sort of the elegance of Miley compared with the explosiveness and the quickness of Crystal makes an interesting juxtaposition. And then Grace, to me, it looked like she let go early on her discount. I almost thought she was going to like bring off a bit, but then she did that gorgeous full twisting double back small hop, but in her whole, it seemed like a really good rotation for Utah. Yeah, beautiful. At the end, when I hadn't looked at the scores yet, I thought, Utah should absolutely take the lead here. They just showed so much mastery on the bars. Beautiful job. I thought UCLA ran out of gas a little bit. I think with their depth being challenged, they just don't have quite enough firepower to get 
to stay in line with Utah yet on the vault. Hopefully there's more there. And with Shea coming back, they can really beef that up. It was a season high for Utah on the bars. Uh, UCLA did, like you mentioned, just the three foals and the three 10-0 vaults, and they had one stick. Utah had two sticks and two athletes with single bar releases. But I also thought it was interesting with the athletes that didn't have single bar releases. We saw lots of E-level skills with the Bahardwaj, the Van Leven. So beautiful construction on the Utah lineup. Utah was 98.95 after two to UCLA's 98.55. So they separated it with four tenths. And then we headed to the rotation. Utah, number one, ranked on being UCLA, number two, ranked on floor with all the artistry and performance quality in the world. So Abby Paulson, I've always heard about, and I never get to watch her. And solid series, solid leap, beautiful extension. But then how did she not stick that dick now? Was that premature celebrating? Like their routine was amazing up until then. Um, Kara, obviously we've known about Kara forever and we've watched her as a junior coming up. But love that late series on. And she just looks so regal on beam. Like it's such a present. It's such a gauge set. Like down to the fingertips. You can see Armine like in her fingers and how she held her hand. Then like, Miley, wow. Again, love that extension. I thought there was maybe a slight relief series, but a nice stick on that gainer full. And I wrote head, not mad. So those are really my standouts. Abby, Kara, and Miley. And, you know, how can you not love a, a Utah bar, a beam set that has, you know, the same way earlier that we were mentioning the difference between Miley and Crystal on bars, like Crystal has such a fun routine. Like it just seemed fun as a good juxtaposition to Kara's super elegant routine. And then she stepped her dismount and it looked like she had a slight shift on her triple series, but you also always respect a triple series. So you got to love someone going for it. It was a great rotation for them. I agree with you about Kara Aker. And this is where I also wish the scores weren't so bunched because there were certainly some things that could have been taken on Kara Aker's beam. But when it's gotten so high and then she has this performance quality that's so much better than everybody else, you know, those scores just keep on coming. Chrysalisa, I thought there was an argument that there were two, like, many wobbles in that routine. And this is, of course, the moment when scoring just went from a little high to just through the roof. <laughs> but it all set up Miley O'Keefe, who did such a gorgeous routine. With these gainer fulls off the side, and a lot of athletes have added this because of the change in the rules. Some athletes aren't getting a good lift off the beam, but I thought Miley shows exactly how they should be done. It's the cartwheel and then that lift higher than the beam into the stuck landing. Absolutely ideal the way that she does that. I thought Kathy was trying to share a very sweet story about how she's honoring some football players with holding up the twos and all of that. I wish that had been presented perhaps before she went, because I thought trying to squeeze that in, in the middle of the routine, I'd like to know more about that story. <laughs> it, it also felt weird for her to be telling like the climax of that story, which is a very somber story. while. Miley was sticking a fantastic routine and getting a 10. It was just like, wait, are we, are we sad? Are we happy? Yes. Good story. Timing, maybe not perfect. Maybe the package before the third rotation could tell the story 
you could feel all the things. And then when she has that triumph at the end, it would feel like you had a little journey there. I agree. That probably would have been a much better time to present that. During Kara Aker's routine, they talked about they've adjusted the way that she's training this season. And I think with a lot of these former elites and people who've gone to the world and the Olympics and all of that, I think it's good that they're really adjusting, letting her do fewer routines, letting her focus on quality over volume. Obviously, it's paying off for her because she did a fantastic job. But I think that that's something that you didn't used to hear a lot about. And now we're hearing much more about it, personalizing what that athlete needs to be their best. I think that's 100% true. And I think that was also brought up with when we got to Jordan on floor, they kind of brought up that conversation as well between Janelle and Cecile and how to look like be mutually beneficial for them. So yeah, I think it's really nice. I think it shows a lot of respect for the athletes and trusting the athletes a little bit more. And maybe they're not children. Maybe they are grown up women and that we can work to their strengths and we don't have to do rotation after rotation or repetition on their bodies. It's sometimes what might be really more with, with these athletes that are so highly trained. I always think back to when Sean Johnson was training for the Olympics and she and her coach would give interviews about how she worked many fewer hours than a lot of the other athletes. Cause that was what worked for her going in, doing her quality sets, being done with it. Big shout out to all the coaches who are working with what's best for the athletes. A big shout out to all the athletes who are raising their hands and saying, I need to work a different way. This is what's going to make me successful. Mm -hmm. So UCLA floor, it was floor party time. I'm not sure who entered the lineup for Shay here. Does Maddie and Yemi normally do floor or was this her floor debut? This is her, as far as I have seen, and I do pay attention because she's on our fantasy team and she, I've never seen her do this. I was actually stopped. My fantasy team is with our mutual friend, Jeff, and I texted Jeff beforehand that I was like, Maddie's up on three events. What's going on? This is was, this was a big deal for her today. It was definitely her first time doing floor. She was a little short on some things, a little out of control with some landing. She had a big, beautiful two and a half to start and then didn't quite make the connection on the stag jump, but once she gets that under control, that's going to be beautiful. So that was great. I was also personally excited to see Emily on floor because I was sitting right in the front of floor at trial when she got hurt with oh, a bunch wow. of our friends. So I remember like what a terrible way to end that meet was to watch her go down. So just to kind of go full circle and see her do like a really beautiful set here with, with a nice. Her third pass, that double pike was a little low, but she has a great performance quality. So I was excited to see her doing so well. I think that's such a great choice for her routine too. It's the Shangcha music and the movements were beautiful. And it seems like she's really invested in performing that routine. So I thought that was just such a perfect match of the music and the story. And I agree. She, she did a great job performing that. And just back to Maddie and Emmy for a second, I, I agree with you. We need a couple of these get the rust out routines for her to really shine, but she's got fun choreography. She did a great job showing it off. I thought this is a really fun dance routine to watch. So I can't wait till she gets a little bit more comfortable, you know, performing the, the full routine. Yeah. Like it'll be interesting to see when she gets to do it at home because going into Utah, like that's a tough 
first time to be doing that routine. So maybe, you know, give her a couple more times, wait till she does that at home. And that could be great for her. Speaking of fantasy, I have Emma Malibuyo in one of my fantasy teams. Oh. So it was okay. great. It was great to see this routine. Big fun dancing that she does. She does the PK yeah. turns, which of course Kathy Johnson had to shout out for the PK turns. Really nice job. I mean, I thought her just her pike double back, similar to Emily, was just a little bit short. She kind of moved both feet to kind of finesse that landing, but really nice job overall. Agreed. You can see that she's comfortable with dancing. And so and she smiled throughout. And that just that's fun to see. Okay, Selena Harris. That should not have been a 9875 routine. I was just like, are we all walking the same routine here? There were four different routines that went 9875 in this meet, and they were of wildly different quality. I thought Selena did such a great job, really controlled that full end mount. Everything yep. seemed absolutely under control. Then there's that part two thirds of the way through where she just lets loose and starts dancing. Her final pass, the one and a half to Barani to double stag. She's just so unbelievably talented. Her gymnastics is just different than everybody else. And like we were talking about before, she had to go when the cheers came up for Kara Akers beam. So really good focus for her to just do her thing. She wasn't thrown at all. And I thought it was definitely more than a 9875. <laughs> love the height on her jump. She just radiates joy throughout this routine. You love like the little touches, like the salsa in the corner before her, before a tumbling pass and then sticking all of the tumbling passes. So yeah, judges, I'm not sure what you were thinking, but it was a beautiful routine. So we'll let that go. I think you had the right idea. This was a meet to just ignore the numbers, enjoy the gymnastics. There was so much great gymnastics from both teams. And then of course, last up in this rotation was Jordan. I think my favorite moment of the meet is when the 10 came up for Miley O'Keefe on beam and then they cut over to Jordan. Jordan was cheering and clapping and giving absolute props to Miley, which I thought was yep. so classy. Thought that was the moment of the meet. Kathy Johnson said she was a humble, beautiful human being. I agree with you, Kathy. A hundred percent. Clap that. She's clapping for Miley's 10 before taking the floor and we stand a good sportswoman. Maybe because I'm a child of the 80s, but in middle school in the 90s, I remember all of these, this music that she's using. So like the little clap section that she does during the TLC bar or two, like that's perfection. Absolute perfection. That's that double pike. And in my note that said, show me the deduction, please. It's, she got a 9.95. Should have been a 10 in my book. I'm not saying that because she's on my fantasy team. Like, it was beautiful, but regardless of the score, it was a great set and good for Utah having 15,000 people there that got to see it in person because it was, it was a beautiful routine. Such a fun routine. It feels very different than a lot of the routines because it seems like her first priority is to put on a show and make sure people are having yeah. a great time. And we definitely did. Thank you, Jordan, <laughs> for that wonderful floor routine, which put her over the top in the all-around battle for the night. Not to jump ahead, but they sort of kept us updated on, you know, Grace versus Selena versus Jordan throughout the evening, which a fun competition to watch as well. So heading into the final rotation, UCLA was 147.875. Utah was 148.725. 
they had pretty much created some space with that fabulous beam rotation and some of the underscoring on floor. I thought we should all pay any attention to. And then we moved over to UCLA on beam. I remember watching UCLA at the very first meet that they had this year, the Super 16. And I was expecting a lot from Emily Lee on beam. She had a kind of tentative beam at that meet and didn't get a lot of her connections and scored very low. So it was really satisfying to see her have such a terrific beam routine to start the UCLA beam rotation. Everything looked really solid right on her split leaps are so beautiful she gets absolute 180 on all of them and then she does that back handspring to gain her full which i thought also had yeah. some nice lift uh, and scored a 9.9 yeah i appreciated the back handspring to gain her full because so many of them are just like from standing and so when you see the same if not over and over again at least it was nice to see a little bit of a different change in that and her jumps were just so calm. If she can maintain that energy, she's a really good first person on beam. You do want someone that's like calm. So I, yeah, I thought she did a great job. Another one that really stood out to me, Jordan Childs in the fourth spot, she performs on the beam as well. Her <laughs> performance quality goes across all the events. Um, does the round off double pike which is much more difficult this month than you have to do. Just a tiny little scoot. Does the front aerial to back handspring layout step out? Yes. I think this is another one where they were talking about her college coaches are working with her elite coaches and figuring out what are the best skills for her to keep in her college routines as she looks to the future. So I thought that was really interesting too. We see a lot of the elites who have eyes on Paris, Jordan, Jade, Suni, incorporating that extra difficulty into the college routines so that they get really comfortable doing it week after week. Yeah, I had never considered what it would be like for, for two coaches to be working with her. Like, because we know that Janelle and Cecile are friends from working at Woga together. And so it's interesting how Jordan that is so much more risky because she puts the double pike in and it could ultimately impact you say like score. But by doing the double pike every week, it's helping her elite set get that much more consistent. And so it's, it's interesting to see how they're willing to take the risk on that to help her long-term. And I think that shows a very like selfless coach to, to be willing to do that. Because you could just easily be like, no, girl, I want you to do a dangerful and stick it every time. So I really respected that. And that's probably one of the many reasons it seems like the team at UCLA is so happy this year. It seems like their coach really seems to have priorities in line that's working for everyone. So that was, yeah, it was a great bet. I was almost surprised to see her only in the fourth spot, but she doesn't have to anchor everything. Jordan's like, I am not the only person on this team. Let everyone else get the glory too. True, true. And I think that mindset shift, it's a shift from team first to athlete first. The emphasis is not UCLA and what can you do for me? The emphasis is Jordan Childs. And what's best for right. her and all of her goals that she has, both through NCAA and Elite. So good for Correct. all of them for keeping the priority on Jordan. Yes. I thought Selena was a huge standout for me. It never seems like she wobbles. She can finesse her way through everything. And I thought the round off one and a half was super impressive because it stayed very open and she totally stuck it. 
if you're going to do the round of one and a half, you better stick it. And yeah, Selena, Selena got the memo on that. <laughs> yeah, she had that great like lead turn combination and then a really cool front toss. I'm just so impressed with her as a freshman. Like she she performs like she's been competing that forever. So I'm not sure if it was her elite routine, but it was a really great set. And then finishing up with with your girl Emma, Emma Vuyo just smiling to to mount the beam. Like from the beginning, so many athletes are scared of beam, and she's just like, "This is my happy place. Let me smile throughout." Love her jump extension and the aerial beat jump is just it looks prettier than a lot of other athletes. And then step her trainer full. So overall, I thought it was a pretty solid beam rotation for UCLA. Like. You know, I know at the beginning of the season, they had a couple like great ones. Everyone's like, oh, is this a new UCLA? And then last week, they had some problems. They're going to have some problems occasionally. I have Reagan and I've had Reagan fall off the beam. So like, we know that even Oklahoma can have beam problems sometimes. But this overall, especially for being in a way meet, I was really impressed that they kept it together and they didn't have Shay in the lineup like they normally do. And they still did wonderful. And they set their season high on beam 49.575. So like you said, on the road in a tough environment, ending on the beam with some space between them and the leaders, it was great for them to keep that focus and just really deliver. Sometimes Emma gets a little wobbly on some of those leaps, especially the ring jump. Ring jumps always freak me out because how can you not have a wobble if you're taking your days totally off the beam? But this one, she zoned right in on it and just was seemed right on. So moving over to floor, speaking of your fantasy, oh I mean, Jalen Gilstrap, it's a whole different sport to watch her dance and execute those leaps. The music is elegant. It's so not the typical college routine. And that's really refreshing. That front layout to Rudy just like floated, perfect foot half. Her toe point to dream. I was just like, can we just keep watching this? I don't care what the score is. I don't even know what the score is. I mean, it'll show up on my fantasy numbers at some point, but I don't care. It's just beautiful to watch. And sometimes we just have to appreciate beautiful gymnastics. So Agreed. That was great. Agreed. I had not heard the backstory of her routine until this meet. And the announcers are saying it's a girl chasing a balloon. And so she has yes. that hand gesture at the end where she's reaching up and I think she catches the balloon at the end of the routine. And then you follow her routine with Miley. Like, wow. Yeah, the eyes are exploding at this point. She's such an elegant dancer and mover. And it's like there was some a very modern kind of club dancing and club music delivered mm -hmm. with elegance by Miley O'Keefe. So I thought that was a really fun thing to see that she... She took a modern style of dancing and made it work for her gymnastics and the way that she moves. Her tumbling was right on. That double pike at the beginning was really terrific. And then the one and a half to front layout dismount, she held the stick before she even yeah. stepped just to emphasize that she had it. Yeah. There's a wow at the end of my notes on her. It's like, everyone look, I'm holding this forever. Are we clear? Okay, moving on. Yeah, I thought that was great gorgeous presentation Jaden rucker i always love watching her on floor she's got a fun joyful always a big smile she's got big fun movements 
you know, she's got those long legs. So when she kicks her leg up above her head and all of that, it just looks so great. I didn't think the tumbling was her best in this particular routine, but it's just fun to watch her do her routines. In my notes, I wrote, why are we driving a car to start this routine? And the NCAA choreography can be so odd. That said, I appreciated her commitment to the the choreography throughout. Like she owned it. And I was like, girl, are you an F1 fan and driving a car? Like you do you. I agree. The tumbling wasn't, it didn't stand out to me as much as it did to others, but she certainly owned her, her dance. So I appreciate it. McKenna Smith, she was in the four spot. I didn't think her tumbling right. was right on in this meet either. It's just clear how naturally talented she is. So I kind of thought she's not a finesse athlete. She's like a spark plug kind of athlete. Explosive. She does that huge two and a half twist. Thought all of her tumbling was yeah. maybe a little bit overpowered. She had a front double full. She did a Rudy to lay out, step out. And then she did this huge two and a half at the end. And I was like, why are we doing our hardest tumbling path to finish? And it reminded me of Michelle Campy, circa like 1993, when it's like, girl, why don't do this? No one else is doing that big a two and a half that I can think of right now in NCAA. So show it off. Let that be your first path and like control it. I personally would love to like shuffle those routine, the, the passes around the order. But like, yeah, that, that two and a half to finish is beautiful. But why are we doing our hardest one last when we're tired? Right. Um, she's only a freshman. We have time. Great is great. She's great power in her jump. I love the choreography way more than her elite one that I felt like was a lot of poses. I just wish that we weren't ending the rotation with only two passes. That's all. That's amazing. It's not a, an indication of lack of like her gymnastics. I was just like, is that only two passes? I kind of wish we had more for the end. Miley at the end. Um, <laughs> note to tom yeah when there is a two-pass routine but they're mounting with a, a huge e like her full end i kind of i give a little bit of grace there and i did think the front layout rudy was really nice where i was having concerns she does a switch full to popa and from the angle that they showed and the broadcast the popa looked incomplete to me it didn't look like she got it the 360 degrees rotation and i thought that might ding her bonus a little bit. She scored a 9925. I'm glad they didn't just go crazy on that. I mean, in this rotation, that was a more moderate score. So uh, I was glad they held back a little bit because I did think that there were some deductions there. And it just wasn't the explosive, mesmerizing routine that some of the other ones in this lineup were. Exactly. It was a very nice routine. It just wasn't like the exclamation point that there could have been on the end of this rotation. But overall, this meet was not a splat fest. And I appreciated that, that there was, you know, so many times it seemed like one team have how many falls. And this just really seemed like it lived up to the hype. You know, maybe not the outcome that UCLA people were hoping for, maybe issues with the scoring, but overall, like some really beautiful work put in by the gymnast and it was nice to see no one really like crumbling from the pressure. Both teams put together a complete performance. It was Utah's top score so far of the season. And we have to keep in mind, you know, UCLA was operating without Shea. They got their second highest score so far of the season. And with Shea back in those lineups, that could very easily have challenged their highest score of the season as well. So 
I totally agree. A very complete looking performance from both of them. You can see where they are on their path. We need a few more stuck dismounts, a little bit of cleanup on some of the the leaps and the landings, but a, a great check-in spot for both of these teams. And they're both looking great and and deserve their number four and number five ranking currently in the season. I totally agree. And actually really jealous because our friend Jeff and my husband Daniel are going to a UCLA home meet next weekend. So they're going to get to see all of this and hopefully Shay is back. But like, even if she's not, it'll be great for them to see these routines at home and to see how much better they're getting throughout the season. Because it seems like while it started off with a bang, they really are continuing to improve. And that's great to see. As you know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of all good gymnastics, but I've always had a little soft spot for UCLA. So. Yeah, halfway during this meet, I thought, Am I pulling for UCLA because I was getting a little bit upset at some of the scoring? But I think if I took a step back and thought about it, I really love both teams and I'm a fan of beautiful gymnastics. And I think I just wanted slightly more accurate scoring. I wanted the judges to do a better job of ranking the routines and not giving four different routines, nine, eight, seven, five, that were vastly different. Exactly. I have always loved UCLA but I don't get to watch Utah very often. And so I was really excited just to see how beautiful they really are. So again, like at one point, you know, I, I was like, oh, I want UCLA to win because I'm always cheering for the away team and I want them to you know, do really well. But also like, you can't be mad that Utah won. They put out a great show. They have great gymnastics. So yeah, overall, just what a, what a great assignment. <laughs> so get to watch this. And really take notes and really pay attention to everything. Shout out to the individual champions. Jordan Childs won the all-around. Jordan Childs and Jillian Hoffman tied for the vault title with 9975 for those two stuck, amazing vaults. (laughs) Were they the only two stuck vaults that we saw, pretty much? I think that was pretty much the only two stuck vaults. Yep. And they won. And just like Worlds 2015, there was a four-way tie for the bars. Between Jordan Childs and Crystal Lisa, Grace McCallum, and Miley O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there were differences between those four routines. Yeah, truly. I can see two of those people tying. I probably wouldn't have had four people winning, but okay. Beam was won by Miley O'Keefe at her perfect 10. And Jordan yep. Childs won the floor with her 90s dance party and her fantastic performance. You know, I, other than the wackiness on, on the bars, because we can all probably agree that there were differences in those four routines, you can't be upset by any of those winners. Like, Miley did that great routine to that 10. I wouldn't have been upset with a 10. I wouldn't have been upset if they'd given Julian Hoffman a 10, frankly. That was a, a beautiful, beautiful vault. And as a senior, when she's had so many injuries, like, you just want to give her a high five. Be like, girl, way to come back. Like, you really had to work at it to, to come back and rock it. I mean, injured for her first three seasons, it's unbelievable. And then to come back and deliver these vaults is so exciting. It sort of reminds me of these athletes. Chase Capps was one and Alex McMurtry was one. It's like we thought, of course, fantasy gem players, right? Thought we had solid three eventers. And then was it junior or senior year? Suddenly there's a bars routine from Chase Cap. There's a floor routine from... Alex McMurtry, there were suddenly four event all-arounders. And I think it just shows that 
whatever's happening on the stage, whatever we see, many of these athletes are continuing to work, improve, get better, keep adding to their skills. And I think that's really impressive. And big shout out to all those seniors and super seniors who've continued to improve and work behind the scenes. And it's nice when we get to see them in a big meet like this, have a championship moment. A hundred percent. Yeah. Now, I know we both also watched the Alabama-Auburn meet from last night. We did. What a fun meet. I mean, Alabama being a perennial, you know, top team, having the in-state rivalry with Auburn, and then Auburn having this breakout season last year and continuing to be so, so strong. This was certainly a battle with some more optimistic scoring. But if we set all that aside, it was you know, beautiful gymnastics. I do want to shout out this with the pink meet where they're bringing awareness to breast cancer and breast cancer survivors. I thought both leotards, when they started the pink meet, they would have some gaudy like bubblegum leotards and they were awful. I thought both leotards were gorgeous. Auburn had the navy blue that sort of ombre up into a beautiful pink. And then Bama had a lot of black then with the pink and the mesh. I thought both of them looked really classy and beautiful. I thought that Auburn specifically stood out to me as such an improvement. And I could almost see like Sunni joining the team and being like, y'all, we got to, I'm not wearing that. You got to elevate this a little bit. I thought theirs was so elegant and so pretty. And we both remember some of the monstrosities that teams have worn for these like pink needs. If that had been the ombre into with the orange into blue, I could see them wearing it on any neat week and thinking that they won the the leotard competition that day. So I thought theirs was a really nice change, especially in the past two years. So I'm not going to say that it's Sunni's doing, but it is interesting to see how much better, you know, we're not having ruffle gate again. <laughs> so, so I'll give Sunni the credit for that. I think that's fair. Thank you, Sunni, for improving the leotards. They did keep referring to this meat as the Iron Bowl, and I was very confused. Do you have any idea why it was called the Iron Bowl? So the football game every year between Alabama and Auburn, they always refer to as the Iron Bowl. I'm not okay. sure what that actually refers to, but I, from my days of marching in the marching band at the University of Alabama, I attended many of the Iron Bowl competitions. Okay. So this is a sports ball reference that they brought over to gymnastics. We don't like sports ball. That, that's separated. <laughs> but I I did definitely watch this meet with added interest because I was like, Kent is the original Bama fan. So like, if I'm going to have a conversation with you about, about NCAA this week, like we really got to watch this. Also, I have Lily Hudson on my fantasy team who certainly performed beautifully. And I also have Kathy Stevens and she's one of those people, kind of to your point, that I thought I was getting like a solid like two or three eventer. And she's been putting up phenomenal all-around scores all year. I was like, I did not expect her to be one of the rocks on my team. This is a really fun meet to watch. And I also felt like, just like the Utah-UCLA meet, that people really lived up to the hype. I felt like the first few meets for Alabama this season, they've been playing with lineups a little bit. They've been kind of finding their way. I felt like this was a, the first meet where they really put together a really solid meet. Of course, Makari Doggett had that mistake on vault, which then gave her teammates a chance to come behind her and really clean up that vault rotation. I'm glad she's okay. It looked like maybe her hand slipped a little bit. 
she ended up just doing like a Yurchenko half to sit. But the rest of the lineup did great. I'm curious if Gabby Gladio is going to bring back her full and a half because she started the season with the full and a half. She's been doing a huge Yurchenko full since then. Landed a little short and only got a 9.775 on this one. So I'm curious if that's a work in progress and we're going to see that Yurchenko full and a half come back. Yeah, Makari really scared me, and I was glad she was okay. I thought, did she get lost in the air? Did her hand slip? Like, that that could have been really bad. So I was really happy that she was okay. Wasn't she in, like, a car accident last year? So they're still That's trying right. to... I had forgotten about that, but yeah, there was, like, a non-gymnastics-related car accident that she had, had dealt with last year. She's been someone who's been battling injuries and in various different, you know, certainly lower body issues. So to see her come down so hard in a vault like that, it was good to see her come back and put up a solid floor exercise and we can know that she's okay. <laughs> she's just had okay. a, little, a little issue. I don't know if you noticed, Luisa Blanco sat out of vault, I think it was two meets ago. And she said in the okay. after meet press conference that it was just a mental issue, that in warmups, her steps had been off and she had kind of gotten in her head about it and didn't feel safe vaulting. So for her to come back, she also vaulted last week and did a great job. But to see her stick that vault this week for that 995, I thought that was really a tremendous way to overcome having had a challenge with that vault a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's a beautiful vault. You also love that both Ashley Joplin Priest and now Justin Spring, as like those head coaches and assistant coaches, having been not only like former elites, but former NCAA athletes themselves, like that they could respect their athlete enough when she was saying like, I don't feel safe. My steps are off. And they're like, your safety is more important than a meet. And so like protect the athletes. And I'm sure we can both think of times where that has not happened for an athlete. And so I really appreciate that. It seems like we have this whole generation of coaches that are coming in and really respect their athletes. And that's been a nice change to see over the past couple of years. So that makes Agreed. Sense Agreed. I think there's a, a new chapter at Alabama. I'm really happy with this new coaching team. It seems like things have been going really well so far. So fingers crossed there. For Auburn, starting on bars, of course, this was one of those meets where we joined a few routines in. And Gabby right. McLaughlin, who's been a rock for them so far this season on both bars and beam, it said she had gotten a 975. So we didn't get to see what happened with that routine, but they certainly bounced back. Once we joined the meet, everything that we saw looked really, really strong. Cassie Stevens with the 99, Sophia Growth with her 9875. All that was just the preview to the SUNY Lee party. <laughs> Exactly. It was, I just think it was interesting that Darian did a little rust on some of her handstands and she squatted to stick her disc out. But once she like got there and she stuck it, you could have made an entire cup of tea and she'd still be there waiting for you to recognize. She's like, I'm still sticking. Are we all clear judges? I thought, okay, thank you so much. Suni, like you have to love her bars. That was just so pretty. If that's a 10, I will be mad. And then I guess Kathy said one judge wanted to throw an 11. And I was like, that's cool too. You can throw an 11 lady. Go ahead and do it. It'll average with that nine and she'll get a 10. <laughs> yeah. She's been doing giant full the double tuck so far this season. To my knowledge, this is the first time she did the full twisting double bat. And it just looks like she's been doing it all season. It was chest high, 
I don't know if you could have made a cup of tea, but there was no question that she absolutely stuck it. And you have exactly to wonder if that a collaboration and continuous conversation between Jess and Jeff Graba in terms of her elite coach and her college coach and what they as a team want to start having her really practice and making sure she's sticking as we know that she's going to transition back to an elite role. So it's like, okay, we know she can do a double tuck, but also she's never going to compete a double tuck in elite. So if we know that she might be doing a full in or a half in, half out, like let's start having her practice sticking that every single week. And she did it beautifully. And it's so much more than she needs to do, which is really a sign of both athletes that are considering leaving NCA to go back to make a run at Paris. To see that, it was just like, girl, you're so much more than most of these standard routines. And like, by all means, give her the 10, give her the 11. Yeah. Four releases in a row, two of them being single bar releases. That's pretty incredible. She does more than some school's entire bar rotations do. A hundred percent. Yeah. We how many routines do we see that's like a pack salto down and then like, you know, transition back up and then one giant and then a double layout. Like, and it's fine. That's what the code is written for, but this is just so much more. So yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah. One of the worthy 10. There are some unworthy 10s that happened last night, but that was a worthy 10. Moving over to the second rotation, Auburn showed a few fulls at the beginning of their lineup. But both Olivia Hollingsworth and Sophia Gross stuck or nearly stuck those foals. And that's exactly what you were saying before. If you're going to have those foals at the top of your lineup, you got to make sure they're high and stuck. They absolutely did that. Yeah. Sydney's vault, I just hate it. And it's not an indictment of her. I just hate the shape of it. It's the same body position that Grace's dismount is. And I just, I just don't like it. It's a personal preference for me. I get that the code is written so that it's worth something. But I was just like, can you get something prettier, please? I know that you have like 17 vaults in your repertoire. Pick something else, please. But that's, that's still me. And I understand she's not picking her vault to make me happy. But yeah, it was interesting what a reaction I had. I was like, oh, I really just don't like that. I don't care that you stick. I don't like it. Remember the journey she went on last year where it was the, the half on the front layout for one week mm -hmm. and then the half on the front layout half after that? I mean, that certainly looks prettier and she could shows that extended shape on the table. And that's what yeah. we're missing on this vault. I think she has a very pretty open tuck position once she's off the table, but she's already tucked on the table. So in addition to a deduction, it also just doesn't look very pretty. And you know that when she is extended, she is stunning. And so maybe that's it. Like I'm mourning the loss of like, that beautiful open flight position that she had. And this just kind of looks like, I, yeah. I don't like it. My last note was Kathy Stevens is pretty in the air, but she just has too much power to stick it. But I will always prefer having too much power than not enough power and taking a step forward and getting hurt. This is another yeah. thing that I wish the NCAA judges would differentiate a little bit more. The one and a halves with a small step or scoot forward versus the one and a halves with a step back. They've scored them a little bit lower. They need to be scoring them much lower because you're short of rotation and you're taking the step back. And I think that would encourage the athletes to go a little bit bigger. You hear each week, the coaches are saying, go big, over is better than under, but we're still yep. seeing a mix of people going a little bit over like Cassie Stevens and coming in short and taking that step back. So I, 
I wish that the judging was encouraging the best technique on that so that they were always just a little bit on the front side of the ball. Just if nothing else for safety, mm-hmm. like let's just right. not hurt an athlete at the end stage of their career. Let's not have them happen to the ending. I thought that Alabama did a nice job on bars. We've seen times that Alabama has not had a great time on bars. Did this? I thought that they put together a solid rotation and I was, I was happy for them. Jordan Paradise had that one handstand that she just cast so hard, she couldn't quite pull it in, but then good on the rest of the team for pulling it back together. I have to shout out Cam Machado in part because she's on one of my fantasy teams, but also uh, she's got such pretty lines. Her pack looks agreed. great. Her handstands look great. The toe full into the double tuck. Sometimes if it's not on, it gets a little squirrely. And this was a good one. She got that toe full all the way completed. The double tuck was high and opened up. And kind of like Darion, she stood there making sure the judges saw, I I got this, y'all, and shot her hand straight up in the air. Yeah, I love how she stuck that dismount safely. Because so many times you see them try and stick it with like, their legs locked and this like body mechanics wise, she stuck it in a safe position. And you, I really appreciated that. And I agree. It was just a gorgeous routine. And just before her, Maddie Walagora did a beautiful full twisting double layout dismount, which always takes me back to when Dominique Mociano threw it for the first time at, at Nationals. But that's just, again, it's one of those times where she doesn't have to do something that's just such an extra bonus on top of that routine and it's beautiful and it made her stand out to me because otherwise it's just like oh one more double layout but that was a really beautiful set and i love watching luisa blanco on all of her events but her bars routine was really pretty they've reconstructed it a little bit this year she starts with that pack and then the van laven her full in was a little bit under and she took a step. So that's why the score came down. Alabama got the 49.325, which is a really solid bar score. And there's little things they can clean up. Blanco can clean up her dismount. Lily Hudson can clean up that dismount a little bit. And Jordan Paradise can figure out those handstands. But even with the challenges that they had, showed real step forward in terms of the complete team performance this week. Right. It's, it's nothing else like a mental improvement for that team that they maybe haven't had in the past. At least one other meet I can think of that they have multiple falls. There are multiple like big struggles. So this is like they put together a pretty overall nice package there, which is great. And great, of course, to see Macari come back from having that scary fall on vault to anchoring with that 995. For Takachev directly in the pack, it just looks like you're swinging on the jungle gem or something. It's so fun to watch. Her double layout is ideal. She nearly stuck that again. Great way to wrap that rotation. Yep, agreed. Moving on to balance beam, I thought this was just a tremendous, tremendous rotation for Alabama. And this was the one that I think helped get them back in line with Auburn, starting out with Ella Burgess, who, as KJ Kendler said a few weeks ago, you got to have someone that can start your rotation out with a 9-9. And she did an absolutely solid job, 9-9-2-5 to kick off the rotation. Their lowest counting score was a 9-8-7-5. And they built all the way up to that 10-0 from Luisa Blanco in the final spot. I was really impressed with Rachel, she's a freshman, I forget her last name. Rachel Rybicki. <laughs> you love when you see 
young one that are enjoying being on beam and they don't look like they want to vomit. <laughs> it can be so scary. And it looked like she was actually having fun. And so I was really excited that she looked like she was having a good time and she was doing a good job. Well, your fantasy gymnastics team member, Lily Hudson, went yeah. in that fifth spot. Totally solid routine. It was so exciting to see her do that and get the 9975. I love her style and the fourth after her aerial and she did a great job. And she set up Louisa beautifully. You can't begrudge the judges for giving a 10 when you have someone as good as Lily set up Louisa and then Louisa lived up to her potential. And you love a good Louisa being performance because you can see mm. how hard they worked on that. The three skill acro series I thought was a little lopsided and she, she made it look beautiful. It was one like of those little adjustments that... Was that a wobble or did she just fix it well enough yes. that it, it absolutely wasn't? You could tell something was slightly off, but she brought it back on and didn't give anything away. Agreed. And that's a sign of a really experienced beam worker that knew exactly what to do. The only issue I had with that 10 was that I felt like it was criminal that it happened while the queen was on floor. And so did like you weren't really paying attention to Darian's music when like it's a kind of fun character routine. Understandably, the hometown is cheering for Louisa getting the 10. I'm not going to begrudge them, but I just, I was just like, could we pawn Darian's music respect, let them cheer and then focus back where it should be. Like Jordan Childs was able to give Miley her moment and then take the uh -huh. floor herself. I did think if you had to have someone go in that position with the hometown crowd going crazy, Darion's a person who can block it out and make it work. And when they cut over to her, of course, it was the crowd absolutely screaming their lungs out. And she was giving all of that, you know, adoring fan adulation kind of moment. And I thought, mm -hmm. kind of works. You're never going to get You're cheering for me. On a way me. Right. You take that cheering like they're cheering for the queen. And then you do the routine. Auburn is on fire. I thought that they put together some really great sets. Sandy did a really beautiful floor exercise and her extension just like a whole different level. I wrote like little smiley faces with stars in the eyes. That was kind of my assessment of that. She doesn't seem like an athlete who would be able to do a double layout and get as much height and rotation as she gets. And the fact that she can do it just shows how talented and amazing she is. I thought her, her floor was terrific. You know, with her and Darion there at the end of the rotation, they were matching Alabama almost score for score in this rotation. Nothing below a 9.825. They didn't count anything below a 9.85. Very impressed with Olivia Hollingsworth. She's had that interesting trajectory where she was competing a little bit earlier in her career, not getting super great scores. She's now an all-arounder and getting very solid scores everywhere, every week. So shout out to her. She's continuing to improve throughout her college career. I, yep. And and the same vein, I think initially I always thought of Sophia Groth as just a beamer and then, and not at all as a floor worker. And then this routine, which is super elegant. She stuck her passes. She was super expressive to like, Overall, it just seems like Auburn is on this great trajectory. And I don't want to say it's all because of Sydney, because it's not. Sydney is one person on a very talented team. I don't know if that is elevating everyone. Obviously, Darian's presence has been great. But overall, like, they're just clicking and they're doing so well. And 
maybe they're getting the due that they kind of always were, but they weren't thought of as one of those top teams. But it's so cool to be an Auburn fan right now. And I am not from Alabama, nor am I from South Carolina, not from anywhere. So like I can adopt whatever team I want. I had Darion on my, t- my fantasy team for three years. So like I'm always going to be an Auburn fan. And it's really cool to see how well they're doing, you know, just in another tough road meet, just like the UCLA Utah, which is, it was a great lead up to this last rotation. I think that's a really good point. SUNY being on the Auburn team certainly brings a level of attention and publicity and ticket sales to them. But this is a team that's been steadily building and improving and doing great recruiting and great training because one star can't make a team get to the final four like they did last year. You know, we've seen teams that had the singular star and that could bring lots of attention to a team. And then that person goes to nationals as an individual. But this was really just the cherry on top of a team that's been building for years. And that shows in their depth, top to bottom on that floor exercise. And then in the next rotation, top to bottom on beam, this is a really, really strong team. I thought Auburn could have pulled the win off, except for two beam routines that had some bobbles. Our fantasy queen, unfortunately, Gabby McLaughlin, who knocks out those nine nines every week, had a a left bent over at the waist bobble on one of her leaps. So that was the yeah. nine six seven five, and then Olivia Hollingsworth had a wobble on her switch half, so it broke that connection. Plus, she had the wobble. Happily, she has another leap connection later in her routine. Good routine construction, Auburn. Nicely done. Yeah, she was able to salvage that for a nine eight. But if they hadn't had to count the nine eight, I think they could have either pulled it off or made it a much much closer meet. I thought it was going to be a little closer than it ended up being. There were no falls. Like, I'm not going to get too upset about it. But, and yes, I agree that it would have helped to not count a 9-8. But also, I'm not going to get too upset because we know plenty of other teams that would like be thrilled to have their lowest score be a 9-8. So, <laughs> it, so then we get to the fourth rotation. And that was yeah. fun. The journey of Shania Adams in college. I had her on fantasy earlier in her career. She would compete all around one week and then she would be on one event one week and she would stick at your chinko one and a half one week and then she would be like unable to even get her full around one week. I mean, it's been a journey for her and I think it's so joyful to see her come out week after week and do an excellent job on this floor exercise. Mounts with that huge double pike. She's got really fun dancing and she looks like she's coming out of her shell and really enjoying the performance. She got another 9-9 this week, and I thought that was a terrific performance to get to watch. I always have a hard time remembering that she is in college because wasn't she a little baby junior training with Gabby when Gabby was getting ready for her second Olympics? So I always remember like her as a little like 12 or 13 year old in those videos and it bonkers to me that like now she's a junior or a senior i loved that she could make a double wolf turn pretty because that is a skill like none other so i was i was really thrilled for her i always you know you want to see every gymnast do well and her in particular just because i remember seeing her as like this little baby junior elite seeing her do so well and put it together this time is really wonderful to see Alabama also has two athletes who do that front layout into front double twist as their mount. Maddie Wellagora does that and Lily Hudson does that. 
And they both had some challenges with that so far this season. Maddie had a little sidestep on hers at this meet, but I thought Lily's was really, really solid. Like all of her tumbling was so solid and she does tricky tumbling. She also has a two and a half in her routine, but I thought she did such a nice, solid job and really sold it. She does the legacy routine from Emily Gaskins from last year. And then the freshman Gabby Gladio, what height on that tucked full in. And it looks like she just lands it so easily. The leaps are high and the tumbling is high. And it looks like she's having a lot of fun on her floor. I loved Makari's routine and she had so much opening power on that path. Though I did write down, I'm having hot flashes over here. That was from Alicia. And I was like, TMI girl. And then Louisa closed it out. And that was beautiful. And you knew she's going to win this because Bama. Because it's home. But it was okay. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous set. And it, she came up with a 9975, I think, at the end. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a few meets where she opens with a double pike and then comes back across with a double tuck and then her combination pass to end. There's a couple of times when one or both of the double backs has been a little bit out of control, but these were both spot on. And, you know, her dancing is gorgeous. Her leaps are so pretty. And she really gets into her music too. She does a great job of selling it. She's a great star for Alabama. And I'm so happy to see her have such a great meet like this. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how Justin Spring keeps working with that team on their tumbling because we know that in men's gymnastics where his coaching background really laid, the men have to have more controlled landing. And so it'll be interesting to see how he works with that, maybe to work on sticking safely. We should take advantage of the lunge that we can do in women's, but it will be interesting to see as he has more time with that team, how their tumbling control develops. I read an article where he talked about the difference in technique between doing a full in where the full is on the first flip and then you're doing a backflip versus the half in half out where uh-huh. you're spotting the ground for much more of the flip and he's transitioning some of the athletes into doing more of that technique so they can see those landings and spot them better. So every time I watch a Bama meet, I'm always watching the full ends from like Macari and Gabby Gladio and kind of looking for that. But I think you're right. He's bringing some of the drills and techniques from men's gymnastics into how he can help this, the tumbling and vaulting technique of Bama. Yeah, and you you have to appreciate a really good technical coach that really can break down those skills and, and someone who is an experienced competitor and not to knock any coach that wasn't a competitor, but like he probably can see more than someone who hadn't been a competitive gymnast the benefits of being able to see the ground longer and thus prepare to stick for longer. So that's really cool to hear that he's doing that. And that that's brilliant. Okay. So then we had Auburn on on beam for our last Auburn rotation. on beam. Is does Aria lead off that rotation? Or was it Olivia no, Holland's uh, Olivia, Olivia did, and she's a gorgeous leadoff gymnast. She had a small balance check, but she was the leadoff and then Aria was second. Yeah, I'm so impressed also with Aria's trajectory throughout college. I just think every year she's looking more and more solid, more and more confident. To go up and get a 9-9 on balance beam in this really high pressure situation, the leaps were all really solid. That dismount was really solid. I was so impressed with her. And of course, most of the beam rotation, I just sit there waiting for Sophia Growth because I love watching her on beam. 
silent the, scream. The silent scream. I love that. And did you see the fun feature on her sister, who is a student at the University of Alabama? And then they were talking about the Bama and Auburn rivalry. And then they showed in the stands her sister and her mom were there. And then they shot up there after me when her mom wasn't there. And I wondered if that's one of those situations where the mom can't watch balance being. <laughs> yeah, that reminded me of Anna Luke and never being able to be in the arena when that was on beam. So, yeah, I, as a mom, I can understand that because you can't help them. There's nothing you can do when they're out there on beam. So I get right. that, mama. Uh, you got uh, nothing to worry about with Sophia. She's so solid and confident. The leaps are so solid and the tumbling and it's the back handspring layout, step out back handspring, which is a fun, different triple series that we don't always see. Yeah, I, that says to me that they're being smart and safe because the triple series is give her the respect, but ending with a back handspring means we're not morons and we're going to make sure that we're safe because that's always going to be safer than a layout. So I thought that was, Great. And then you end with Sunny. Sunny is so pretty. That's it. Well-deserved 10. And here's you, the you thing. Nothing to take. Earlier in the season, she did the tucked gainer full off the end, which I thought hers was so much prettier than some of the ones that we see. She goes very high and has that pretty open tuck position that she was sticking. They said that she's actually feeling more consistent with the gainer full off the side, which she did at this meet. And I just think that shows how talented she is, that she's so far gotten 10 with two different dismounts already this season. She has so many tricks in her bag and she can pull out whatever she feels like doing that week. And that's great because maybe if something's hurting one week, she can be like, well, this one is a little tougher on this, so let's go easier, but still do a really beautiful set and score well for the team. So that's lovely to see. And big shout out to Cassie Stevens from your fantasy team. Sometimes the Stevens to me looks a little bit like she's saving a balance check down low to the beam. So like, I can get away with this. Nobody knows that I didn't really stick this, but the Stevens was right on on this one. It was like, yep. oh, that's exactly what it's supposed to look like. She had a terrific, yeah. terrific beam routine for 995. Before she was on my team, I honestly never really paid attention to her skill. And now that she is, I like obviously watch more. And it's, it's so cool to see her do that it reminds me just a little bit of the front talk type of skill that Napkia had on being for a little while god I'm so old but I can like remember all those like old time skills but yeah it's a pretty neat thing and it just it makes it different because so often we're seeing the same you know 20 skills over even though Auburn lost I thought they did a great job coming into a tough crowd and they really put together some great sets and they should not be ashamed at all about not winning it's one beam routine had been a little bit better, they, it could have been a totally different outcome. So Absolutely. Both teams ended with the high 197, which at this point in the season, especially for Auburn to have a road high 197, they got a 197.7 to Alabama's 197.85. And that was a season high for both teams. So this was really a big success overall for both teams to have put together such a solid competition top to bottom and not these nice big numbers that are going to keep them competitive throughout the season. Alabama had a little bit of a slower start. So I think they're probably looking ahead to, we want to be in that last session of SECs. We want to be in the evening session. We want to make sure we have that top two 
ranking heading into the regionals. So we have that good chance to get to nationals. So I think what they need to do moving forward is just continue to put together complete performances like this. They have a few things to clean up, but they can just keep building on the success of this meet. I don't remember what they were ranked going into this meet. Was it like 12? I think it was 11. Yeah. I feel like the performance shows that they're probably better than 11 yeah. overall. I think that you, I agree that they had a slower start and that this is probably the first time that I remember seeing them really put together a complete meet from for all four rotations. And that if this is indicative of how good they are as a team and they can keep this going forward, that's going to like do really well for them. Granted, the SEC is probably the hardest conference to be in because and everyone is doing better and better. But yeah, they're not 11. Their rankings, I would expect to go up at the end of this week. And for the sake of both of our gymnastics teams, I hope our fantasy teams, I hope Gabby McLaughlin, this was kind of a one-off and she pulls back together and nails that beam routine moving forward like we know she can. <laughs> it's fine. And her her girl, Kathy, took care of her. So yeah, it was okay. Like I'll, I'll, Kathy's like, you're not doing great. I got you. I'll take over your score for you. No worries. So that's right. Um, and that's, that's what teamwork is about. Exactly. This was so fun. And there's still meets that I haven't had a chance to watch. Like I have Haley Bryant on my team and I didn't have a chance to watch LSU. That was like my only complaint about this week. There were so many great meets on all at the same time. Like who thought it was acceptable to put LSU, Oklahoma, Michigan, like everybody on at the same time. I was like, there's there's physically no way to watch them all. Yeah, Florida happened last night. Kentucky happened yeah. last night. Uh, Raina Worley finally mm-hmm. stuck a ball last night. I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. She's on one of my fantasy teams. And I'm like, what are these 9 8 and 9 8 fives, Raina Worley? <laughs> that was one of the only meets I could watch to begin with because that was the first meet on of the day. So I had that on as I was making the girls dinner. But then, like, right at, at 7 30 and then 8 and then 9, it was like 17 meets happened at once. And we have mutual friends that were at Rutgers watching the Michigan meet, which also looked like a great meet, a couple of 10 thrown out for Michigan. And it's like, you couldn't do that because you would miss tossing the gymnastics for the entire week if you went to that one meet. Both of us are old enough to remember when we didn't get to watch gymnastics at all, when Jim was never on TV. So I have a hard time complaining too much. This is like an embarrassment of riches. Like we are honestly complaining there was too much gymnastics on at the same time. And God forbid the people that scheduled these meets didn't take our needs into account when we need them to be spaced out. But it's also a great problem to have because I remember trying to find one GA meet on back in the 90s and you could not find gymnastics on to save your soul. And so it is so refreshing to be a fan for more years than I'm going to admit 30 at this point and finally be able to watch so much gymnastics every week. When I was a student at the University of Alabama, There might be a couple of meets throughout the season that would be on tape delay that you would get to watch maybe a week or two later. I would go to all the home meets, but then to even find out what happened at the away meets, I would have to wait for the student paper to come out on Monday and I would go back to the sports section and read what happened at the away meet that weekend. So agreed, we can counter things that we're... We have this huge slate of Friday night meets that we can't even watch them all. But now we can take the rest of the weekend and go back and catch up on some of the ones we missed. 
I think there's 17 meets on my DVR right now that I had not had a chance to watch. <laughs> my husband's like, girl, you got to watch some of these and get rid of them because you got a whole bunch more meets coming next week. So when we have a huge slate like this, I tend to prioritize the dual meets because I know I'm going to get to see both teams pretty much in their complete lineups. Some of the quad meets, you just don't know. Am I going to get to see enough of Michigan and Fisk to make it worth it? Or is it all just going to be Rutgers and then the last two routines when Rutgers is involved or something? I have been trying to catch as much as I can, but I tend to prioritize some of the dual meets. I do the same, but you also have to consider those meets like the Oklahoma was at Iowa yesterday and it was on ESPN Plus. And so you know that you can't go back and watch later. So normally I would say, okay, watch the thing live that I can't tape and then watch those dual meets that I tape later on because I have ESPN, I have SEC, and so I can tape all of those. But then last night I, I couldn't even do that because there was no way I could watch UCLA and Utah and Alabama and Auburn. I was just like, I can barely keep it together as it is, but I'm, I'm not complaining. Gymnastic gods, I'm not complaining. Thank you so much for your bountiful offerings. We appreciate them. Now, that's another good hint. Like, what can I see live and what can I go back and watch later? And that can sort of help you pick and choose. This is the other fun thing about fantasy gymnastics. Sometimes you have people on your team you've never seen compete. I also try and make sure I'm catching at least one meet throughout the season. If I have that Southern Utah gymnast or Utah State or one of these teams that I don't get to regularly watch, I try and tune in and see a meet. Yeah, for sure. Because you also recognize that if you are not, you know, an SEC or a Utah or UCLA, you may have gymnasts that are stellar, but they're just not going to get the same scores because of the color of their leotard. And so it is fun to get to go back and see those other gymnasts and to like, oh my goodness, if you were on any of the SEC teams, this would be a 995 every time and you're getting a 98. And that's probably not fair, but it is fun to go see some really beautiful gymnastics. So I think that's been my favorite part of having a fantasy team. I had Hannah Demers from Central Michigan on my team for years and I was at my office and I work at a hospital and I was walking outside the hospital and I saw two adults with a CNU gymnastics backpack on. And I was like, excuse me, hold up, who are you? And how are you related to the team? Because I've had one of those gymnasts on my fantasy team for years. And apparently their daughter, who used to be on the team, is now a med student at the hospital. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Wow. That's yeah. great. And they're like, wait, we know Hannah. She's wonderful. And then I talked to their daughter this year and she said, oh, Hannah's on my fantasy team too. And Oh, that's great. Oh, that's fantastic. I just picked up Ella Shamati from Eastern on one of my fantasies. And Eastern and Central, I think, had a meet either last night or it's happening today. So that's one that I have on my list to go back and check out to see the Chippewas and Eastern go at it. We just picked up a couple Denver gymnasts, Bella Mabanta and the other one I'm blanking on right now. And we already had Riley and I haven't seen a Denver meet all year because it's just so hard to see them. So I got to go find when they're going to be in a meet anytime soon that I can actually get to see them compete. Yeah, that's a whole separate subscription to do the altitude sports. Yeah, I don't have that kind of money. Unless one of the angels of the gym turnout happens to put it on YouTube. So, Yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, 
Yeah, I have one team that's got Jessica Hutchinson and Riley Mundell on it. That's kind of like oh. heart and soul of that fantasy team. So like, becoming a big yes. fan this year. I used to have Maddie Carr oh, um, yeah. a couple of years ago. And, you know, and then after a little while, like I stopped paying attention to Denver quite so much. And they're still amazing. And they're still stunning. And like Jessica Hutchinson, I mean, her floor is fantastic because of, you know, obviously the homage to her mom. But she's not just a floor worker. Like, she's a great all-arounder as well. So, and we all obviously know Lindsey Brown is always wonderful, but it is so cool to see these new generations of gymnasts come into these teams and, like, that are totally different than predecessors, and they're still wonderful. So, yeah, got to go find time to watch more of them, too. Thank you so much for joining me this week to talk about a couple of meets. Would you be willing to be a guest again sometime in the future? A hundred percent. You just got to give me a heads up so I can get rid of my kids. But yeah, hundred percent. This is so much fun. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much. How can people reach out to you about all the hidden gems on their fantasy teams that they've been watching throughout the season? I think probably the easiest is on Twitter. I'm Carla in Africa on Twitter. I was a Peace Corps volunteer, so I literally got Twitter for when I was going to Botswana. So I'm Carla in Africa on Twitter, and that's probably the best place to find me. And yeah, I'm always retweeting stuff as I'm watching me. So please feel free to reach out, give me your tips on who else I should be picking up on a fantasy team. Amazing. Okay. I always wondered what Carla in Africa was. So thank you for explaining yeah. that. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out like what the heck to to use because Twitter was kind of new and I was like, all right, I'll just do this. And then I couldn't figure out how to change the name. So I was like, I'll just save it. It's fine. That's great. I love that. Well, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy all the rest of the meets to catch up on. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Kent. Lovely chatting with you. We'd love to hear from you. What do you want to hear us discuss on the next episode? You can reach out to me on Twitter at KentyMac or email KentyMac at gmail.com. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, check out videos of some of these conversations on my YouTube channel, KentyMac Gymnastics. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Stay safe and enjoy gymnastics. Double back with Kenty Mac.